This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. It's the Todd Berry Podcast. Got a big guest tonight, one of my big scores, one of my big coups, one of uh, the biggest guests. I've ever had John Worcester here, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hi, Todd. I always act like there's an audience, and then I go, oh, wait, there is no audience. And it's, it's like a joke just bombed. No, I'm... From I, what I've heard, that's what a never. joke bombing is like. I listen to your podcast in my car. Do you really? Often, yes. You do. will occasionally send me a text with, like, a line that you like. Yes. And I'm, that always makes me feel good, because it's one of those things you like, you have no idea who's listening or if anyone's listening. But you, you never remember them. Which, which happens to me also with radio show, uh, with the best show calls. People will, will say, will like throw a line back at me that I had no memory of saying as a character. Right. So it's, it's. I have that happen too, where someone will come up to me and say something weird. Yeah. I go, what are you, a lunatic? And then I realize, oh, that's from like an adult swim thing I did <laughs> 11 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay, you're not a weirdo. You're just someone who has a good memory. Yeah. Now you're in town doing the, uh, you did the last best show last did night. Did it last night? I was able to listen to a lot of it, but I was on the set of a Hulu show. Oh, must be nice. I was on the set of a I Hulu subscri- show. I subscribe to that. <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. Well, I was on the set of a show. What's called, the show? I, it's I, called I, Deadbeat. Oh, okay. And I played a, a guy. Okay. But it's not about that. So I, I missed a little of it because we ran late on the set. You got a shout out. <laughs> I did hear... Well, I was going to say... I was going to bring that up because I did hear that. Yeah. I did hear a good chunk of the show. And also, there were streaming problems. I, I think, from what I heard, it, it was it was the the most traffic that the FMU site had ever gotten. Yeah, but then it seemed to work. But so I got I heard a lot of it, and I did hear you do some thank yous. Yes, which I appreciated. You said thank you, and you want a bunch of names, Todd Barry. But there was one guy, Martin DeGrill, who I know, who's yes. everyone's Scandinavian friend. He didn't just get a thank you; he got called a godsend. He he is well. He actually. Runs the best show gems, like the kind of the the best of thing that we do, and he he maintains it, and he 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 does the the work that we don't want to do. I, I, only, bought, I bought him dinner last week, actually, in uh, in Denmark. I only brought that up because I'm just <laughs> mad that I wasn't called a godson. Oh well, that, that's just a given. I didn't care that he did good or bad. That's, I'm sure. He, now I met him. Yes, in Sweden, probably, good guy, right? Yeah. Now I feel like I I I I made a, a fool of myself by saying I bought him dinner. That's, Why is that? I don't know. That makes me sound like a, like a little bit... In big, Copenhagen. Big. That's not the cheapest dinner, right? That's not. Did you have a good dinner? We, I was in Copenhagen. We once. did. We did. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I went, into, I went... When I was in Copenhagen, I went to those restaurants. You're like... You sit down and you go, I know, I know I'm in the wrong restaurant. But yes. it's too late. Yep. This is a place where people would say, don't go to that restaurant. Oh, you mean in terms of quality? Yeah, I just think I, I they were looking at me weird and everything. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe because I was alone. But what did you buy for dinner? Oh, we had we had several things. It was a uh, we had really high high quality fish and chips. Really, we had real high quality uh, uh, halibut. Yeah. Did you go to in Copenhagen? That what's that little like anarchist compound they have there? Well, <laughs> oh, you have a story. We did. And had I known that that is where the show was going to happen, I would have vetoed it. Oh, that's where your show was? Christiana, yes. Oh, my. Yeah, the, I didn't know they had shows there. Oh, my God. The venue is called Loppen, L-O-P-P-E-N. And we played there in, uh, this is um, Super Chunk. We played there in 96, the worst tour of my life. It was so long. It was in February on a bus with another band. And um, Can you tell me the other band? Seam, S-E-A-M. Okay. In indie rock. Uh, I don't know who they are. Pioneers. I should know. Now I realize That's I okay. should know. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, touch and go recording artists. Okay. I think. Anyway, so we're on this tour. Super Chunk, not not doing especially well in Europe ever. And um, 
the night before, we were in, I think we were in somewhere in Sweden. And um, we, we would um, switch headlining with Seam. We'd open some nights, they would, they would close. Flip-flopping. Exactly. Which I'm sure you do yeah. with your... Uh, the rare times that I... No, you always headline. headline. Yeah, I've never opened nope. for anyone ever. Nope. Um, <laughs> so we opened this, this night in... Um, where was it? It was called Gothenburg, whatever. I've been to Gothenburg. Is that yeah. Sweden? Yeah, it's yeah. Sweden. Yes. And so we played there. I went to bed immediately after we played on the bus. Woke up the next morning in Christiana in uh, Copenhagen, which yeah. is this experimental living community that is... It's not policed. There's no... There's, they don't allow police in it. I think they do now, but back then they didn't. So everyone just kind of polices themselves, and it's just... Thousands of dogs on rope leashes, yeah. that sort of thing, and uh, so I wake up with news that the drummer in the in the other band that we played with had gotten into a tussle with our <laughs> tech guy, and in a fit of anger, had smashed his his hand against a wall. That's and, a good thing for a drummer to do. Yes, and was in the the hospital still in Sweden. He didn't he didn't make it on the bus, so now. Uh, Mac from Super Chunk, who's the, who's the singer, he was the original drummer in scene. So he's going to play some songs that he knows. I'm going to learn some songs that day. Seam's sound guy is going to learn songs <laughs> and play drums also. So there's going to be three drummers happening. <laughs> and the show's about to happen. Seam plays. We do our thing, uh, filling in for the drummer, and it was, it, was, it was decent. And then all the while I'm looking at this guy who's on the dance floor, just this guy who looks messed up. Mm-hmm. And I say to our tech guy, let's keep an eye on this guy. He looks like he looks like something. He's going to do something. Right. And so we're playing Super Chunk, about halfway into the show, and I, I look down, the guy is, he's, it's almost like that guy in Gimme Shelter, guy in the crowd who's like, he's, uh, he's tripping and he's tearing right. his neck skin away <laughs> while the show's happening. So I'm, I'm watching him, and he's doing that, and I, I look away, and I look back down, and he, he's reaching up to undo Laura's tuning pegs on her bass, <laughs> and I was so mad. How low was that stage? Where they're gonna... It was pretty low, and, and I got so mad that I jumped out behind the drums, stopped playing, and tackled him. <laughs> so unlike me. Yeah. Tackled him. We we tussle around. He tears my good shirt. It was like my best playing shirt. Uh-huh. And people pull us apart and they take him away. I go back on stage. We finish playing. And at the end of the night, we're packing up our stuff, putting it in, in the bus. And that guy is there again. And so we're like, what? why is that guy still still here? Oh, we we can't actually throw him out because he lives in the club. <laughs> so he lived in the club, and we ended up playing this dump again two weeks ago. Um, Super chunk, yes. And it was uh, every bit as miserable as oh my god. I remember. See, if you were a comedian, that story would have ended where the guy came up to you and go, "Hey, I'm the guy who uh, jumped on stage and uh, that's right and screwed with their tuning packs." Yeah, I just thought you'd want to meet me. Thankfully, so, he's, he's probably dead by now. Yeah, I walk, when I was walking around in there, I was like, I'd heard about it. Oh, it doesn't seem like a place. Maybe it's a little too hippy-dippy, yeah. pot-heady for me. And I walked around, and I was like, I got this very palpable feeling that they didn't enjoy that people walked around and looked at them. No, and we were told that you are not to take pictures in there, in, yeah. in that compound either. <laughs> I like that there's no rules, but you can use a camera. Yeah. How long, um... So oh, that- and they, they also had, you know how, how some towns will have a red light district? They have a green light district. Oh, it's for prostitution? No. Green. Oh, pot. Yeah. Oh. They even have a sign that said green light district. In, in, uh... In neon. In but that Copenhagen. was in Copenhagen, or is that in, the? Uh- I think it's technically in Copenhagen. That's like the quietest city I've ever been in. Very quiet. Like, it's, it's a city perfectly designed for people like me. Yep. What I'm saying is... Quiet walkers. <laughs> I'm going to move there. I'm going to move there. The, um, Do you walk fast? Are you a fast walker? I'm a fast I walker. Too. I'm a fast walker. Yeah. People have said, slow down to me. Never. <laughs> fast walker for life. Fast walker. It's, it's a way to sneak in some exercise, right? It is. 
keep it tight, keep the abs tight, yeah, like my, do it? There's a reason my abs are this tight. Yep. It's because I fast walk to the comedy cellar. A speed walk. How long? So you just got back from Scandinavia? We, we were, this is super chunk, we were in Australia. Ooh. And then we had maybe a week off and then went to the UK, which was great. And uh, Scandinavia. Helsinki, uh, Copenhagen, Stockholm. Is it super chunk? They seem like you guys are touring a little more than usual, or am I wrong? Well, we went on hiatus in 2002 and didn't really play much other than a show or two a year until, until our last re- our record came out in 2010. So there was about eight years where we didn't really play much. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that eight years. <laughs> yes, that's right. So um, you fly to Australia. Mm-hmm. Are you like me? All you're thinking about is, wow, a lot of miles for this one. Yes. And uh, oh, I, I didn't get the card yet. But I, I know you will be excited for me. Okay. I made executive platinum last Holy week. Holy shit. Yes. See, you, you deserve that. When Thank I see you, are like, wow, this guy travels. I bet. Yeah. Executive platinum on? American. Really? Yes. But now, I'm afraid that if I don't make executive platinum next year, how do you go back? I know. I, well, I, personally, I can totally relate because it looks like I got gold last year because I went to Australia also. Oh, good. With United. This year, just coming in, it's silver. Oof. This is all stuff everyone can relate to. That's oh, yeah. why I talk about it. Are you... <laughs> do you do the hotel programs as well? You know, I don't. The only one I belong mm. to is, is Starwood? Yeah. Yeah, that's You should do I all do. of them. Yeah. Because, you know, I... Double You never know. They add up. Yeah. You do a little Hyatt. Yeah. You don't know when you're going to stay at Hyatt. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you, you get put up a Hyatt for three days. Yeah. Then you find out there's some promotion where if you stay there four nights, you get upgraded. It's... Oh, don't get me started. Oh, okay. So, how long were you in Australia? We, well, that was my second time this this year. Oh, I, I went there with Bob Mould in, in uh, May. And, um, you know, you, you go there for like, maybe like nine days. Uh-huh. Ten or so. That's a good amount of Seven time. to nine, yeah. And then you flew back to North Carolina and then you flew to Europe? Yes. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, right? We had I'm a, thinking about the world right now. We had a really uh, weird trip once where we it was when our our record came out in 2001. Had, we had the the misfortune of having our album come out on September. Oh, September 19th, 2001. Oh, yeah, it's and uh, uh, but we decided to tour anyway, and we went to uh, to Japan first. And it was cheaper to come home for a day and then go to Europe. So you went to Japan? Came, came, came back to North Carolina for a day mm-hmm. and then flew to Europe the next day. Rather than flying straight from Japan? Exactly, yes. It was, it was dumb. Oh, and then, uh, but on the way to, on the way to uh, Japan, we stopped in Chicago. Uh-huh. And we were coming out of, of, the, of the gate. <laughs> and we're walking in the, on the tarmac. And I look up. And who's in the phone booth? It's a phone booth. Yeah. Neil Young. Holy shit. And, in Chicago? Yeah. And, and, wow. and he looks up. And I, it was weird. I can't imagine he knew. I mean, he definitely didn't know who we were. But he looked at us. And I could tell like he saw that that was a rock band. And like there was like a little nod. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was really nice. And then we just kept walking. But our um, our gate was right across from where he was on the phone. And so I was just watching as these two older this hippie couple is just hovering around him, and you, he knew that they were there. And you could just tell that he was he was, he was trying to be cool, but he was. He knew that once he hung up that right. phone, it was, it was going to... It, it was autographed. It was on, and he hangs up, and he turns around, and, and they're there. Neil, I, I, I saw you at Winterland oh, yeah. in 73, and he was very nice, but you could just, you could just tell that it was God, yeah, that's, something he has to deal with what year every, was this? every day. 2001. Because he's like a guy you don't... I mean, you don't see a lot of... You don't hear a lot of sightings. No, not at like, all. Walking around. Occasionally yeah. you do, yeah. but... Yeah, that's crazy because pre-cell phone, he yeah. takes commercial flight, needs yeah. to make a phone call. Yep. Neil Young's got to be on the cell phone. Yeah. I mean, on the uh, pay phone. Oh, that's man, crazy. Man. Any other celebs you've been on planes with? I know that doesn't really count as being on a plane with them, but... 
Um, no, but my my ex Angie, um, she was once on a plane. Um, was it her? Yes, yes. She she was on a plane, and Jimmy Carter was on the flight. I know three people who have this. My brother had this. Hannibal Burris had this experience. And does he do the exact same thing? He shakes hands. He with goes everyone. up and down yeah. the aisle. Yes. That's so crazy. Cause yeah. I, my brother was on a flight and then Hannibal started telling a story. And I don't think he stole it from my brother. No. No. It's, it's what he does, I think. I wonder if all presidents do that. I, it's a funny thing because it's like, it sounds like, whoa, why a little presumptuous? But then you're like, I'm the president. Yeah. And, uh, you probably want to say hi. But it is a little weird yeah. at the same time. So she met the president. Yeah, I could see Paul McCartney doing that, maybe. You think so? Maybe. Do you think he flies a lot of commercial air? No. No. Uh, who have I seen on a plane? Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. I've been on a plane with her. Uh, Randy Newman. Oh, yeah. Three music fans. Mm-hmm. God, one of the best ones was uh, I was on a flight to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably old enough to relate to this, but I'm going to lose a lot of people on this one. I'm 32. <laughs> As a 32-year-old. But I, this guy gets on, and he doesn't sit next to me, but sits right in the same row as me mm-hmm. in coach, and he had like a full like safari suit on. I'm like, God, that, that guy looks... I feel like they know that. And then I, I uh, realized it was Jim from Wild Kingdom. Do you oh, remember? wow. Jim, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Guy, the guy used to jump into yep. like snake pits. Yeah. Yeah. And then I always I always try to confirm it because then I, he pulled out a Time magazine and I saw wow. he had his address on there. But uh, I thought that was cool. a good one just mainly because he was in... He was ready to like wrestle a hippo. Right. He was dressed like he was ready <laughs> wrestle a hippo. Uh, I, I've had uh, things where... Very odd synchronistic things where... I, I, one night I watched a documentary on something, and Dr. John was in it. Next day I saw him at the airport in D.C. One night I was watching a documentary on uh, the faces, and the next day I'm on the street here, and uh, Ian McCloggan walks by the faces. Oh, really? The next yeah. day? next day. It's always like the next day. I've had those things before. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, there's this guy who interviewed me when I was in... Austin, like I did this food blog interview, mm-hmm. and this guy interviewed me like on stage, and then I go to my dermatologist's office. <laughs> He's sitting there. Oh this is back in New York. Wow. Then a few day, a few weeks ago, <laughs> I'm walking out of my hotel lobby in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Hi!" <laughs> like three times, I ran into this guy in three completely different Crazy. cities. Crazy. Yeah, including the dermatologist's yeah. office. That's the spiciest part. It is. This clear skin just doesn't come. From. It's good. It's good skin. Did you? Uh, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say. I. Uh, this is, is another one. I was in uh, O'Hare, uh-huh. and I the the band I was in before Superchunk was called The Right Profile, and we uh, I, I I moved to North Carolina to join this band from Philadelphia when I was like nineteen, and one of the founding members of the band is uh, this guy Stephen Dubner, who's the co-author of Freakonomics, uh-huh. and. Hadn't really seen him at all since he, since we parted ways back in the eighties. Oh, so the guy who was in your band wrote that book? Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Yes. Okay. And so I was on tour with Ben Gibbard and Jay Farrar. Okay, I and saw we, that tour. Yes, yeah. And we were at O'Hare in the airport, and one of the guys in the band, Mark, uh, uh, I was showing him the Freakonomics book, and we we're talking about it for a second, and then a hundred yards later. Who do I see but Stephen Dubner in in the airport? Who I hadn't seen in probably ten years. That's nuts. Isn't that nuts. Yeah. That is nuts. I got one more. I, I'm ready. I was walking with my girlfriend and we saw a guy who I thought was this director of uh, Capote. This guy that yes. and also Moneyball. And then I realized it wasn't him. And then I said, "Oh, you know, did you see Moneyball? It was, mm-hmm. it was really good." And she hadn't seen it. Walk for two minutes, maybe. Jonah Hill walks. Wow. Like, as close as you could get to someone, like, in the same path yeah. going the opposite direction. Wow. How does that shit happen? It's synchronicity. It, mean, it means you're tapped into uh, something. Do you think that you... Really? Do you don't think you maybe process something, like, looking from a distance? Like maybe? I don't know. I think... I think uh, there's a book that I just bought, but I haven't actually opened. I haven't started it yet. It's by a... Uh, that's, like that's the way I treat yeah. books as well. A guy named uh, uh, David, David Wilcock. Uh-huh. And it's, it's called The Synchronicity Key. But I haven't, haven't started it yet. 
There's a good New York Times article called The Science of Coincidence. Oh, yeah. I will email you the PDF. I, I want to read it. I like that stuff. I didn't plan on talking about any of this with you, but that's what's good about this. You're going to float in both Synchronicity 1 and 2 underneath, underneath this. Okay. Right? <laughs> I'm going to license that for $75,000. There you go. Um, let's talk about... Now, who do you do the most shows with? You're in three bands. It, Bob it, Mold Band, Super yes. Chunk, and Mountain Goat. It varies. Um... Through all throughout the 90s, it was mainly Super Chunk. And then uh, I joined the Mountain Goats in 2007. And we toured a lot and made records. And then I started playing with Bob Mould around 2008. So it's kind of like one band will have a record out a year. Sometimes there's overlap. So you're just kind of... Like one band will have more of a touring cycle than the other two. But all three bands are usually doing something all you know every year. So... It's it's you know it's like one to the other. I'm rarely, I don't think I've ever had more than two weeks off since oh, really eight maybe yeah two weeks off the road yeah. So you yeah. do like two hundred shows a year. I'm on the road usually about two hundred and fifty days a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you like that? I do. Yeah. It's um, this year was tough because like I said, I, you know, you, there was so much world traveling. With you know, yeah. I think I went to Europe twice or three times with Bob, um, twice Australia. A couple times around the states and South America went to South America too. So, um, but it's good. I mean, it's what I, w- I always wanted to do. So, right? Yeah, it's fun. It is. Yeah. If you had to quit one of the, ba- I'm joking. I was going to lay all these <laughs> these these uh, what would you call these attack questions? Yeah. All right, you have to quit one of these bands. <laughs> Tell me now on the record which one you quit. But seriously, which one of them pays you the most? I'm joking again. <laughs> Boom. I wish I... I'm all softball questions, man. I should just really hit Let's, hard. Yeah, break it out. All right. I, I started asking this once before, but I think I'll ask you publicly now. I did this with John Roderick, who's on, mm-hmm. where we did like hypothetical offers. Yeah. And would you take them? Okay. I think the one I gave him was Celine Dion, six-month tour, first-class hotels, excellent pay. Would you do it? And this is nothing against Celine Dion, because she seems nice. If if um, it's so tough. Um, would, would I have to quit the things I'm doing now? No, 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 no. You don't have to quit. Okay. You can do whatever you want. At six I, month tour. I would probably do it. All over the world. Yeah. Good hotels. Good money. She's really nice to you off stage. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. I'd probably do it. Well, she's on the phone right now. <laughs> Okay. This is all a setup. Okay. Do you get people because you're you're in more than one band who think, oh, this guy will just uh, would you play on my record? Like it's someone you don't even know. Yeah, I've done a couple of those. Oh, you've even done them. Yes. Yeah. What one? I honestly cannot even remember his name. Really? Yes. Or any of the songs. I think it came out. Was it just a guy who like had some money and yeah, like a little vanity project, or just a guy who just I don't you know. Didn't know? I think it, I think it came out. Wow. And I had free time. And the money was right. I've only, it's only like one of two times I've ever done that. Yeah. And you played an entire album? Yeah. Not a tour, though? Yeah. I don't remember any of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. You find out it's, <laughs> find out it's some $30 million. It was a Mumford & Sons record. Yeah. Your dude's $16 million. I got nothing. Um, so, are there any places you haven't played yet? I've never been to... There are places bands play that I've never been to. Like, I've never played in Russia um, I've never played in China. You get, you get that Celine Dion tour. I know. I'd be all over there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, those are the two that come to mind. I've never played in Chile. Really? We played, it, we played in uh, with Bob. We played in uh, Brazil and uh, Argentina. That's year. nuts down there, right? It is, like, yeah. Like, the fans are insane, right? Very, yeah, very uh, vocal, very passionate. Like, the Ramones were... Were as big as the Rolling Stones uh-huh. in South America. Like they would, they would play here. Like I, I saw them on their final tour in Raleigh in a club that held probably a thousand, and there were four hundred people there. Seriously? Yeah. And they, they at that same time, like they had just gotten back from South America, where they would literally play to sixty thousand people. How does stadium? How do four hundred people show up? Only 400 people mm-hmm. show up to see the Ramones on their last tour. I don't know. Like, I you should know. be kind of like, well, it's kind of cool they're in North Carolina. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, Yowza. So, okay, Russia, China. But apparently Russia is really sketchy yeah. in terms of its... Touring? Uh, uh, from what I've heard of, from bands who played there where it's, you know, you are... It, it's mob run and you are kind of in, not in danger, but I, I've heard of... I was talking to a guy in a band who, who got <laughs> mugged and the police came and they took him away. <laughs> he spent the night <laughs> It's illegal in jail. to get mugged in Russia. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah, maybe you don't want to go to Russia then. Did you have you played Alaska or Hawaii? Yes, I played Alaska. I played Alaska three times. Been there yeah. three different times, yeah. And it's um it's it's cool. It's, oh, yeah, I've been there a couple times. It's always in in February though. That's when you want to go to I mean if you're going to feel Alaska, you might as well go in February. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like sunny. Yeah. Now when you go there, do, do you these were I think these were just these were college shows. They were on campuses. Yeah, the shows that we did with the Mountain Goats. Um, is, is that what you would do? No, I've done. Clubs? I did well. The two times I did it. Once there was a guy who I don't know how this happened, but he had a like a five night tour of Fairbanks, oh, like wow. five different venues, five different venues, four or five different venues, all in Fairbanks. Wow. So I did that, and then just on my recent crowd work tour, I did a club in. Uh, Anchorage. Ooh. I'll bet, th- in terms of the crowd work tour, that was your that was the the most interesting crowd. That's one what way of putting it. Like, yeah, what? they're they're a little bit uh, they're a little uh, more a little rowdier. Yeah, but like not mean spirited, mm-hmm. just kind of like. Oh my God! I got an email. I should have shut my email. No, program I mean, up. who who? Uh... Oh, I'm not going to check it. <laughs> Um, it's a notice of money coming in, right? Totally. Oh my God! I gotta go. I got a million dollar offer. <laughs> That'll be funny if I got. A, I gotta go. I got a million dollar offer. Well, those co- those cold areas are almost always heavy drinking areas. I yeah, found. that's what. It, yeah, they they were super drunk. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I just did a show in New York where it was like a seven o'clock show. And everyone was really drunk. I think it was because hmm. it was towards the holidays. Yeah. Just like it felt like it was one in the morning. Wow. But that's not really a good story. Let's talk about your drums now. Okay. I uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, but Max Weinberg mm-hmm. used to tour colleges giving lectures. Oh. Did you know this? No. And he came to University of Florida when I was there. And I just remember a guy standing up. He's like being sort of like a follow. You can live your dreams yeah. kind of thing. And he played a drum solo and took questions. And that oh, was wow. kind of yeah, what kind of stool do you use? <laughs> what kind of brushes do you use? And it was turned into like a... Have you ever given a drum clinic? No, and I don't know if I'd be any good at that. I'm, I'm, I took lessons for a couple years, like around age 10, just for like six months. And then from maybe 14 to 15, I took lessons. But I learned everything from just probably like you, from playing along with the records and things. Yeah. And, and uh, That's so, my secret to my great drum. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about that at some point. Um, but, oh, I have a funny Max Weinberg story. Okay. When I was, uh, doesn't really involve him too much, but I was, uh, the, the band I mentioned earlier, The Right Profile, was Steve Dubner. Yeah. Um, we got signed, we came up here, this is 1986, we got signed by Clive Davis. We played at CBGB's. Wow. Um, and, like, two, I was in the band for two months, maybe, and we played up here. He came, got a table at this crummy, you know, in the crubby. Crummy table at Seabees. Yeah. And he signed us, and we had to do this um, kind of marathon session to demo all of our songs. So it was like 19 songs playing all day, and I developed really bad tendonitis in all my fingers. Really bad. And I was very upset because I thought, I finally, this is finally happening, and now right. it's incredibly painful for me right. to do, do this. So through our managers, uh, I ended up getting an appointment to see this prestigious doctor who was also Max Weinberg's doctor. I remember when Max Weinberg was going through the yeah, uh, yeah. carpal tunnel. Or really bad. Yeah. So this guy fits me in, and I, I go there, and we hadn't really gotten any money yet, so I had no money. I, I don't even think I had insurance at this point. So I go there, and he looks at me, and he's talking all about Max, and you know, he, he went to see them at the Meadowlands. This is at the height of, of Born in the USA touring. And uh, so he tells me, basically just tells me, take a lot of aspirin, a lot of Advil, <laughs> and, you know, rest and soak them, you know, soak your hands. 
uh, after you play Don't and ice. Don't punch people. Exactly, yes. And so it was really expensive for me. To, I mean, it, it was like $400. Yeah. It was a lot of money for a guy that didn't have any money. And so I, you know, I write the check and, and I, uh, I, go, I, I go out the door and I, I come down to St. Mark's Place to just like to buy sunglasses or something to yeah. make myself feel better. And I pick up the latest issue of Musician Magazine, open it up. Big story on Max Weinberg's carpal tunnel syndrome. And Larry Mullen Jr. had it too. And quoted in it throughout the article is the doctor I've just seen giving the exact same advice for a dollar seventy-five. Yeah, just, is the magazine. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, it's been four hundred dollars. You have a guys. I feel like if you like, if all I got out of you is rest my hands and take Advil, yes. you can't charge me four hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I once um, was flipping through like a GQ magazine. I think it was more than like a GQ. I think it was a GQ man. And they had an article on nose hairs. Uh-huh. I think it was on nose hairs. It was some little sidebar thing. I think it was on nose hairs. And I read it, and they quote a doctor, and it was a, like an ear doctor that I had gone to. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, well, I wanted to see if uh, you had any comment on nose hair trimming. Yeah. But I don't, I think it was on nose hairs. I'm going to have to look that up okay. and plug it in. Yeah. Did you, um,. So why did you have to demo all the songs if you already signed? That was... I assume it's still done this way, but like back then there was so much... Um, so many hoops you had to go through to get your record like approved uh-huh. and like having the label sign off on sending you to the studio. So you'd record all your songs and then you'd send those to producers and the producers would pick which ones they liked. It was just oh. this process that took forever. And chances are the label didn't didn't think the songs were good enough. <laughs> By the end of, of our time at Arista, they were sending us demo outtakes from Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi to record. And we were like a roots rock band. Yeah. And they sent us this song and we were just we were just in shock. It was called Oh you mean Okay. It was called "You're Not My Lover, But You Were Last Night." <laughs> that was the outtake from this Bon Jovi album. It's also an outtake from my diary. Yes. Thank you. You. So it was like someone like a hired gun type songwriter. Like this is a hit maker, and I don't know who wrote that song. As for all I know, John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora wrote it. I don't know. Did you record it? No. No, we laughed at them when they did that, and but it did end up on a record by another Arista. Artists about a year later. Called, I think they were called Legal Reigns. Legal Reigns? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I've heard of them. You haven't. You have no reason to hear of them. That's got to be rough when you, like, because if Clive Davis yeah. is sitting at a table and signing, you got to think, I am set for life. This is it? Yeah. And yeah, and I, I was lucky in that I got the worst record biz experience out of the way kind of immediately. I, I, was, I was in a band. I was in like uh, punk indie bands in the in the eighties in Philly, and so to to go from that where you put your own single out to this major label thing was was really weird and was really uh, you know it was such a bad experience and then to to go from that to Super Chunk where you were back to putting your own records out and you had free reign over everything that was really that was really nice. Yeah, I would think that would be really. Frustrating. Yeah. To oh have yeah. Someone just go, and hey, we're gonna record ninety songs in two days, and uh, we'll tell you what which ones are good. Yeah, and it's someone who who has you're you're such a blip on their radar. Like I can't imagine Clive Davis thought about us ever during our time there. You know, like there were people under him who who were kind of put in charge of us. You know, who were, right. who would do things, but. You know, these are people that they're they they're dealing with Aretha Franklin and Carly Simon and and Whitney Houston was just exploding at that point on Arista. So, you know, you're you're just this microscopic dot to them. But it's your life, right? You know. But it's cool that he actually came out himself. Well, then it turned out that it, it was it was actually he thought a, it was a restaurant. That he it, it was a revenge signing. That's oh, what, really? That's what I've heard and I've been able to piece together. I, I I'd love to. 
I think I'll write a book someday, but I'd love to piece it together and make sure that this is the story. There was another guy at Arista who wanted to sign us before I even joined the band. And from what I, I've gathered, Clive wouldn't sign off on, on this guy signing us. And this guy ended up going to a different label. And oh, so he, he just wanted to sign to, us there. And then that's he when... He just wanted to scoop them. I, th- I, that's, I, I don't doubt that, judging by what how it went for us. But it's still weird that he came out. He's like, revenge signing. He's like, it's a revenge signing, but, but I want to hear what they sound like. Let's see <laughs> yes. if these guys can play live. Yeah. I think revenge signing is a good That's thing hilarious. for a, a, a band or a record. That's hilarious. That I mean, it's not. It's funny. Retrospect. It's it was so heartbreaking. I'm going to sign a band to get my old colleague angry. Yeah, and I'll bet that happens all the time, or it did then. It must have. It's kind of like when uh, I don't know if it's kind of like this, but you hear about people who sell a script. Oh yeah. To a TV mm-hmm. network, and the network says we don't want to make this. And we won't let you bring it somewhere else. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's just spiteful. Yeah. I spent two years of my life writing this thing. Yeah. And now it will never, it doesn't exist anymore. I know. Until I make it for YouTube. That's right. Do you mainly do van or bus? It really varies. Um, It's a lot of flying now. Really? Yeah. It's like being a comedian. Kind of is, yeah. Um. And you know, all the bands I play in, we're, you know, we're all older now. And so nobody really wants to be in a van for a month ever anymore. So you figure out ways of doing it where you're, you're, you're just out there for like a week and a half or so. Hopefully in like a sprinter, one of those sprinter vans. Was that like between a van and a bus? Yes, yeah. So, so it's like a camper? It's kind of comfier. It, yeah. And uh, so you... You try to figure out a way to make it comfortable, and and flying is is a way to just get it done really quick too. Now you just got—I remember you telling me you got your global entry card because I just got yes. mine. Oh yeah, and you like—I did the interview. I mean, I took a train yes. out to JFK okay. and did it. Came back, and but you, you I, dr- I drove from Chapel Hill to DC and back in a, in a in a, however long that took just to do it, do the ten minute interview. Did that. Turn out to be a good thing. Oh God, yes, yeah. You. I've um, only used it a couple of times, and it because it gets you in that TSA clearance, yep. which is nice. Yeah, yeah. You bypass everything. It's great for world travel. It is. Stuff. Yes. So you drove five hours, did the interview. I was like a little nervous about the interview, like even though I don't have anything on. But then it was just like, we're going to give you this card. Yeah. We just need your fingerprints. That's it. And yeah. See if you have any record. Yeah. But it's pretty cool, man. Saves you so much time. Global entry. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I used it. I use it to get into my building sometimes. Really? Yeah. You just put it in there. Do you? Um, let's talk about your drums. <laughs> now, do you have, can that be the title of this episode? It could be. <laughs> just in talk about his drums. Let's All we do drums. is talk about his drums. That's going to be the Twitter. Yeah. All we did. It's hundred. An hour and a half of drum talk. Yeah. It's not going to be an hour and a half. Do you get, so you have like an endorsement deal? Is that what it is? Y- yeah. There, there's a company, a really great company called C&C Drums. Uh, we'll cut of, out the commercial part. Out of... Until uh, they send me a kit. Kansas City. I'm sure they'll make you one. And they're, uh, they're great about just making whatever you want. They're very much into experimenting. It's like a father and son business. It's like pretty much two guys. And uh, But they have kits all over the world now. And you can just say, I'm going to be in... Sydney and Melbourne, uh, you know, Australia, wherever in Sao Paulo. Yeah. And they'll arrange for the kid to be there. That's great. Yeah. So you, you just fly with your snare drum and your cymbals. So they, they won't give you a snare drum or you just they like do, your but snare drum? Those are, those are personal items for a, as you know, like yeah. you, you want specific. <laughs> I tour with, I personally, if based on that scenario, I would go, you guys can go through. If you want to throw in a snare drum, I'd, yeah. Well, I'd, they do, but I'd rather not yeah. pack my own. So there is a snare drum. A very that's like your snare sound is very. Yeah, I yeah I've used a, a Ludwig Black Beauty for Ludwig like Black ten, Beauty ten snare. Oh, yes, yes. Also, use a competing company. Do <laughs> I have do. to cut this part out? <laughs> no, no. Now, what did you play when you when you when you were no, in the chain? I was a terrible drummer. Let's I've not seen talk you about play it. several times. I know, but I keep it simple. I go boot 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 boot. You you you've uh, you played with Superchunk. <clears throat> I did. We played on a Misfit song that I didn't know. Did I, I sang it right? Didn't I sing it? You did sing I it. Think yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's it's there's it's available on YouTube clip. It might even be on my website, tonberry.com. Ooh, okay. But yeah, that was fun. I saw you play a Guided by Voices song with Portistatic. Oh, were you there? I was there. Local five hundred six. I feel like I didn't know you then. I don't think we had met. By wow, that I don't even remember where we met. 
I don't know. Let's both start crying now. Okay. So you get so you get these drum kits, right? Yes. But you have one at you have one that you own also. I, I have a few that I own. Yes. So, yeah. so you can just can you call them up and go? I'm tired of this. That blue kit you made me. I'm tired of it. Can you um, send me a brand new red kit. They will. You have to pay for it. But oh, you it, do. But, but I mean, it's it's a deal that you you they're and they're, they're so good and and it's it's such a deal that you don't mind. Really? Oh yeah. What kind of symbols are you using? I, I use Peisty. Really? Yes. Now, why are you not a Zildjian guy? Um, I'll tell you why. Because when I first joined Super Chunk, I was blazing through symbols, just breaking a lot of them. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're expensive. And I sent a little press packet to Zildjian, to Sabian. I think just those two. Oh, I remember Sabian. Sabian symbols. And Zildjian wanted nothing to do with me. Did they, now, did Zildjian write back to you? Uh, I think it was just, yeah, we don't, we're not interested. Okay. And Sabian gave me a deal. Sabian or Peisty? Sabian did. This is okay. back in the 90s. And, okay. and they were great. I, uh, I uh, love the symbols. But I just wanted to, uh, about after 10 years, I wanted to try something else. So I got a deal with Peisty. And I've been with them. So do you go like, I know there's drummers like mm-hmm. go to the factory in Turkey or something and ping on 45 symbols. And no. Go, this is the my symbol. Yeah, I don't have that sort of brain. For that sort of thing. So do you really notice a huge difference? I mean, obviously, there's going to mm-hmm. be garbage equipment right. and amazing equipment. But, like, if you use, like, a 17-inch symbol instead of an 18-inch symbol. Mm-hmm. There is a little difference, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I notice it, but the common yeah. man doesn't notice Oh, no. God, no. Oh, they don't know. I mean, I notice it. Yeah. I can listen to a, a, drum, a drummer play with blindfolded, right. if I'm blindfolded, and tell you... What size symbols he's using? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be cool if I really had that ability. Trust Siri; he's not fucking around. Yeah, Blindfold him. So, I, holy shit! How did he know? How did he know? But I don't. I, I remember hearing about a drummer like went to. Mm-hmm. Flip, I think a lot of guys do that. Yeah, I, I don't have. I don't know. I don't have that. It sounds like something you could, you do just because it makes you feel like I really. Did everything I could to get the best simple. Yes. I got on a plane to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where um, do you think... Oh, the sirens always... A lot of stuff going on in the, in the big city. In the big city. Well, let's do, uh, let's do a little word hate. Oh, okay. Now, word hate, something I invented, but you stole from me. <laughs> I'm the first person to notice that some words are not enjoyable yeah. to listen to. I don't care. Run with it, you know? Maybe someone else thought of it before me. No, I didn't come up with it, but I've talked about words I hate. Yeah. What are some of like the Hall of Famers? Well, I, I realized after I started compiling this list that they, they all pretty much originate from church when I was a kid. Oh, really? They're all church oh. slash food related. I have some food ones also. Yeah. These were all from like when, when I was uh, a kid in church. After church, there'd be, there'd be a covered dish Dinner and a covered dish. Yeah, hate it. Hate, hate that. In the fellowship hall, hate fellowship. Hate the word fellowship. I'm alright with fellowship. <laughs> covered dish is a little long. terrible. Okay. So like meal, I hate the word meal. <laughs> I hate uh, uh, nourishment. Nourish. I hate nourish. People hate moist. I don't. I'm not moist. a big moist. Doesn't bother me. No. Much. It, but let's go back to the uh, food words. Uh, infuse. Infuse. That doesn't bother me. Go ahead. There was there was this great when Obama the, the day Obama got um, sworn in, he had this uh, uh, I think it was a luncheon luncheon that's top five terrible word luncheon luncheon yeah. I hate it I was thinking that the other day that I, yeah. I don't even know what a luncheon is it's like terrible. I've never been invited to a luncheon it's terrible so he had he had this luncheon uh huh can't believe I keep saying this word you have to though. we're talking word hate <laughs> and he he had um, there was a minister. A pastor who did the the prayer prayer. I don't like that word. You don't either. like the word prayer. I don't like it. I don't know. Uh, I feel like See, this, that's the only church. word for that, though. I know it's all okay. churchy, and in the, it's online. It's on YouTube. If you just search, I forget. I forget what his name is, but uh-huh. his his uh, inaugural prayer, he hits like fifteen of, of these. Oh, words. really? It's insane. Does he say veggies? I hope no, he doesn't. <laughs> he says he says may the may the bounty. 
Wow, you're more sensitive than I am. Oh. You, you don't like any You basically don't like words. No. May the bounty that lays before us infuse our bodies with the nourishment. It's just, oh my he's God. just like plowing through these words. And you're like, I, I regret voting for Obama. Yeah, yeah. Had I known this guy yeah. was going to talk. Oh, well, I, I, I wrote in. Uh, <laughs> you wrote to the president? Yeah. I think the Hall of Famers for me are veggies, I think. is Veggies is bad. But now, I actually like... I get a physical, angry reaction when I hear someone, like a grown person, go, I've been trying to eat lots more veggies. Yeah. It's like, you, you, Adults saying ch- childy yeah, words like tummy, is really bad. Tummy's tummy. Yummy drives me crazy. Yummy belly. Nummers. Nummers? Nummy? Oh, when they go num, num, num. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a more obscure one. You'll notice this in restaurant reviews, especially if it's like a Brooklyn or East Village. I know. I think I know what's coming. Do you really? I don't think you're going to know this one. Um... When people say, talk about drinking something, and and they use the term wash it down. Oh, okay. That drives me fuck. It, grab, some of their, grab some of their tasty Chipotle wings and wash it down. <laughs> With a cool beer, you'll be all sad. Like, I don't know why wash it down makes me Terrible. violent. I thought you were going to say mouthfeel. Mouthfeel? I, I don't think wine. I've ever heard mouthfeel. Yeah, I think it's a wine thing. That's a great mouthfeel. Um, the word munch. Terrible. <laughs> You guys want? You guys still munching? I like when a waitress says, "You guys still munching on these rings?" No, we're done munching. What about you? You may have hit this years ago. I don't know. What Probably. About, what about when when a waiter or a waitress gives you your food, and then six minutes later they come back and they'll say something like, "Is everything amazing?" Like. That's they're setting you up to. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was a waiter, have you worked as a waiter? No. Well, they do tell you. I didn't work like at a fancy place, but they do tell you to. You want to check in on them early, so if there's a problem, they haven't been sitting there for 25 minutes with some cold burger or something. True. But you're right. I can see that, but I I don't like them saying them implying that if you don't think this is amazing, yeah, that we're gonna have a problem. That you're you're defective. I returned a salad yesterday. Ooh, because let's talk about it. It said specifically, it said it had beets and, and chicken on it. It was really good. It turned out to be really good. But then I tasted, and I go, uh, I found this little cube of something. Oof. And I go, yeah, I think they put the beets in here. I asked for no beets. They come back. He grabs it, comes back. He's, yeah, there's no beets in there. I go, what is that little cube? He goes, oh, it's tomatoes. Oh, I don't like tomatoes either. Yeah. And it wasn't listed on the fucking menu. Can, can, can anybody do a correct job <laughs> so anymore? Flip, I don't think so. I'm flipping the table over. Yeah. I'm beating the shit out of the manager. Yeah. But there, but then you feel like a Mr. Like cranky complainer. I but know. say tomatoes, and I would have said, no tomatoes, yeah. please. Instead, we had this altercation. No, it wasn't an altercation. <laughs> I was very nice you about it. You smashed your hand Both against the Both parties, wall. to be fair, were very nice about this. Good. So we got past it. That's good. And I was able to sleep. Another couple of words that uh, when people say, uh, and they're trying to be funny, and they say internets or interweb. I hate. Hate internet. Hate interwebs. Internets or interweb? Both. I hate When both people say, like someone tweeted a link to some like important serious mm-hmm. article recently, and I click, oh, I should, it was like, you must read this, and I clicked, and the f- within the first two sentences, the guy's like, I'm a man of the internets. And I was just like, I can't, no. I can't read you. No. I can't read this. That, and that is seeping into real reportage and real writing now. Where Would the word creepy be, be in, a, in a, like a real article 10 years ago? Like, that guy was creepy. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's sort of a judgment call. But yeah, like you'll see it, you'll see it in like the Daily Beast like a, or like a real story mm-hmm. or Huffington Post or something. I don't like it. Or creepy, or the, oh, just like that kind of thing. I just don't like when people say like internet's like yes, we know George Bush said internet's yeah. by mistake. Yeah, we know that. Let it go yeah. and say internet the way I do. Yeah, what? <laughs> As an adult would say it exactly. Yeah. Are there any others like non-food related? Mm. Crisp. What about crisp? Crispy. I don't like crispy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh. The word craft, crafts. When someone talks about like their their uh, their, their love of the craft, oh, yeah, I don't like it. I don't know. I don't like. The people, I don't know if this is uh, this is not quite a word hate thing. But when someone says they're proud of something they did, mm-hmm. I fuck. <laughs> yeah, my new album's out. I'm really proud of it. 
it's, it's kind of making me uncomfortable. <laughs> My new album's out, and uh, I hope you like it. Yeah. I'm really proud of it. Oh, congrats. Proud of you. <laughs> Really proud of it. I'm just really. I'm patting myself on the back for my new album. Unbelievable. But I am very proud of this wet this podcast that I did. Uh, you should be. It's oh one my, of my god! Favorites. It's, it's a it's a home. It's one home run after another. It is. It is. Where are you traveling to upcoming? I'm finally done. As we did our last best show last night. Yeah. And uh, that's it for the year. Going home tomorrow uh, Friday. To North Carolina? North Carolina, yeah. What do you do all day? Now, do you practice? No. <laughs> no. I, I, will, I will, if I have to learn songs, like if we're making a record, I'll... Uh, You'll I'll, go ahead and learn those songs? I'll, I'll learn the songs. <laughs> I rarely play the drums for fun. Right. Just because I've been playing so much for the right. last five years. That uh, <clears throat> um, I quote Mickey D from Motorhead. He said, he said, he says, Hey, wait, when, I'm the first guy to quit Mickey D from Motor. <laughs> when, uh, when I'm off the road, I need to not play so I can get inspired the next time I play. That's why I'm never funny when I'm on the, off right. the road. Yeah. Total. We call you the wet blanket. Or if I, if I do a bad set when I'm actually doing a show, I will go. I'm, uh, just trying to get re-inspired for my next show. Yeah. So you guys are going to have to suffer for this one. Yeah, and you make them feel like it's their fault that you, they didn't inspire you. It's what I do. So you don't have a, any tours set up? Some Super Chunk stuff coming up uh, in January. Just just Chicago, Madison, Wisconsin. A couple little runs. That's it? Some in Texas. A uh, uh, Bob Mould album coming out, I think, in June. And you're, where are you going to record that? It's all. It's done. Oh, you did it? We did it in, in Chicago. How long does it take to record a Bob Mould album? That was pretty quick uh, to get the basic tracks. And he would, um, with him, you would kind of learn the song that day, really. Like, he'd bring it in and um, he, he gave us the demos a little bit beforehand, but not, not much. So it's not one of those things where you really plan it all out. Right. You just kind of discover where it's going. And then you record it. You do, you know, like four or five takes and... We finally get there, and uh, so it took uh, to get the drums and the basic tracks for this record. Maybe fourteen songs we did, maybe a week. Wow! Yeah, that's quick. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Do you get like like the third or fourth time? Let's see. My weakness mm -hmm. when I was doing stuff like that mm -hmm. was like I'd be like each time I'd be like more like oh I felt so much pressure to get it right, which yeah. is what you should feel, I guess. Y yeah, but that's what you're. I, I think you you hit this 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 place after like the, you know like at the second or third take is usually really good, and then like you said the the, the more you do it the more pressure and the more you're thinking about right. it which I don't like you take it one step too far I think yeah I get it yeah so what do you what do you do in the in North Carolina do you um, go out to eat I do I, I there's an Indian restaurant I love I'm gonna I'll do a plug for it it's called Guru Guru yep it's uh, the um, the the venue I saw you play with Portaesthetic uh, is called Local Five Hundred Six, yeah. and it's the only small rock club I know of that is flanked by two Indian restaurants. Really? Yes. And so, one of them you particularly love. One of them is my favorite, Guru. Yeah. What do you get there? A little chicken tikka. They, they have a great buffet. I love. Sauce. Do you like buffets? Yeah, this one is See, great. I would think the word buff the word buffet would. It's bad. You I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, but. So, uh, I love this place. Uh, the owner bought me a mango lassi uh, last time I was there. Yeah, I go at least three times a week. I almost went into an impression of that guy doing that, but then <laughs> I, I don't want to be the comic who does the Indian accent. Sure. Um, but he's like, he saw. I, I've seen you come in here a lot. Oh, we talk. Yeah. Do you? Uh, so you do the buffet? I do. Yeah. Do you dine alone? Always. Always. Yeah. Almost always. You prefer that? You're one of the few people I eat with. We're supposed to eat in a few minutes, we right? Are. Okay. <laughs> Do you like do you want Chinese food? I, I, that would be great. Oh, yeah, it's a phenomenal Chinese okay. restaurant. I love that. We're uh, on location in Hong Kong, by yeah, the way. I forget. That's right. You, you yeah. love what? We went to a, a burger. A place? burgery place. Yeah, that's was really good. I believe that's out of business. A lot of places are out of business <laughs> in the last year that I, I used to frequent. Well, you know, it's when there's 400 restaurants in, True. in three blocks, someone's going to give. True. Like when I opened Todd's Indian <laughs> Dosa Hut. <laughs> 700 seater. Because nothing says Indian more than Todd's. <laughs> Todd's. <laughs> well, John, if there's nothing else you want to plug, you want to plug anything? Oh, um, I would like to thank everyone for supporting the best show. Yeah, the best show. I thought that he uh, 
we'll talk about that a couple more minutes. Yeah. The um, I thought Sharpling did a really because I was sitting there going, "Oh man, I would break down. I, I, I would complete." And he, yeah. would, you know, he seemed emotional, uh, serious, and appreciative, but also he kept his cool. Which yes. I was. I think I would have lost it. As I yes. said, yes, and he asked he asked uh, Mike and I to leave the the studio. At first, I thought he was joking. He said, yeah. "You guys would leave," and I sat there for a second, and then I realized that, oh, yes. And oh, so you actually you had to leave. We, we did leave, and I, and I think I think uh, you know it was very emotional for him, yeah. for all of us, but but especially for him. And um, afterwards, he said, "I can't believe I didn't I didn't cry." Yeah, it was kind of just smoothly went into yeah. the song. Yeah, that little Tom Waits fake out was good. Yeah, it was good. The um. So that basically is just a uh, time to move on kind of situation. No specific. I, I think our, our plan is to do something. Hopefully, we'd love to do a live version of it. And, uh, I'll go on tour. And just figure out how to do it. Yeah. Man, can you imagine going on tour without, and just with just you and Tom? Like, yeah. the ease compared to all the band mm-hmm. stuff. Not that you don't get along with people, but that just sounds. I know. Just so much more bare bones. It would be. Well, I'd have a lot of props, though. That rock, rock, and roll thing you guys did was... That was before I ever knew you. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Is it still available? It is. It's all available on uh, iTunes and uh, through Stereolapse.com. Should we go over what rock, rock, and roll was? Or is that... If you talked about it too much, no. Uh, it was actually it was kind of the first or second thing Tom and I ever did. It was uh, 1997. I called in to his show as a uh, as the author of a rock reference book <laughs> called Rock Rotten Rule, and basically it, it just uh, ranked all these artists whether or not they rocked, rotted, or ruled. And uh, I love that there was three categories. There were three, yeah. And as the call went along, you realized that this guy had no business. Writing right. this book, and it was it was so early in, you know, it was the first time we ever did. So people thought it was real. Yeah, and they would call in. A lot of people called in, just livid, and were just arguing with this guy. I think one of the things I said was that madness and madness <laughs> and, this and this guy calls in, and he's just so furious, and he's, he says, "Guess what? I'm holding in my hand. It's a an album called like Roots of Ska Volume Two, and it was." Real, like, first wave ska, and I, I assume, uh, my character assumed that it was, that madness was on it. <laughs> and, um, but we recorded this thing, and it made the rounds. We gave it to rock bands. We gave it to Guided by Voices and, and um, Leader Kinney, a bunch of bands. And it just kind of found its way out there. Spoon. Oh, so you never put it out. We put initially. it out eventually, like maybe ne- three years later. Oh, really? It was a while before we actually put it out as a CD. Yeah, I've listened to it a few times. There are some really great moments. Yeah, the, the ska, the madness invented ska yeah. thing. Because that guy called back, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Bowie and Neil Young rot because they've made too many changes over the years. <laughs> <laughs> did you, were you, uh, how much prep did you do for that? That one had a fair amount of prep. And, um, I, I still have the notes for it, uh, the thing that we did. And then wasn't there a thing where your dog was barking in the background? The, do- the do- dog barked, and I, the dog's name, I think, the dog's actual name was, was Tina. She was a deaf, a deaf dog. And uh, I think the name I gave her was Ke- maybe Kevin or something. <laughs> like. Now, you and I did a prank once on Sharpie. Yes. Do you remember what the setup was? It like you were an open micer who I, can't I was mean to or something? Something like that. Like you were going to be... You were promoting a tour, oh, yeah. and it, but it was like some, it was a far-flung yeah, was, era, or area, like Wyoming or something, and that I had met you, maybe. Yeah. I, God, I wish I remembered that. I don't that. remember it, really. This <laughs> this is really compelling to listen to. Two guys. There's this great thing that... Maybe that thing we don't remember. <laughs> neither of us remember. You should really... Based on the no information, why don't you guys look it up? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you should go on tour. I think that would be... I think it would be fun. I, I Especially think, with the show like getting so much attention now. Yeah, I think we, we'd like to, to see what that is all about. You don't have a website, do you? We have um, a place where you can buy our, our products. What our, is that? Our Stereo t- our Labs, t-shirts. right? Uh, oh. S-T-E-R-E-O, Stereo, L-A-F as in Frank, F as in Frank, S as in Sam.com. So the way the, uh, some comedy clubs might spell laugh. Exactly. Yeah. So Stereo. It was a play on Stereo Lab, the band. That it's that, oh, really? it's that old. Yes. <laughs> that's a pretty. That's a tiny bit of a reach. It is. But there's nothing wrong with the, nothing wrong with the reach. And John Worcester, follow you on Twitter. 
at John Worcester. Uh, yeah. Solid tweets. I try. A lot of punk rock tweets. A lot of uh, deep, uh, deep music. Uh, yeah, it's little. Sometimes you have to be really know like as much as I know about yeah. music to you, get these tweets. Yeah, you and Martha Quinn are are the only people. She that follows like it. Yeah. Are you friends with Martha Quinn? Just through that. Really? It seems very nice. Yeah. I I, I just <laughs> finished the uh, the VJ book, the oral history. Did you really? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> You read a you read a lot of rock doc, rock I, books. I do. I love documentaries of all sorts, but I, I love I love uh, music. Any uh, good doc recommendations before we go? Yeah, uh, there's one called uh, the the Pruitt Igo Myth. Oh, that's Have a you good, seen I that? Saw, you told me to you see and that. I talk about this. Yeah, actually. that's a, yes. that's a serious one. So, uh, yeah, I, I like a lot of serious ones. Yeah, yeah, me too. Not all music. Just because we're hilarious dudes, that doesn't mean we don't have a serious side. Yeah, we're deep. But that's about the St. Louis housing project. Yes. that uh, kind of that's now a forest. They basically. Demolished. Yeah. But that's a good one. Um, I loved, this is a book, I love The Disaster Artist. What is that? That's the uh, Greg uh, Greg Sestero book he, uh, about The Room. The Room. Oh, the movie The Room. Yeah. It, it's, I never saw that. You know, I, I didn't see the whole thing until after I finished the book. But uh, the book I really enjoyed. And, it, and it's not like a hatchet job. It's very, there's a lot of touching things in there. Like, he, he genuinely likes the guy, Tommy. Um... I'm liking this Carson book. Johnny Carson? Yeah. That his, or Carson Daly. His lawyer. <laughs> his yeah. lawyer wrote? Yeah. Who was his best friend. Oh, okay. And, I mean, it's uh, huh? he's a complex man. Johnny. How, how long does it take you to burn through one of these books? Well, I've, I've, got, I've got these on my Kindle. Oh, yeah. So, so you're, you like the Kindle. I like it because then I don't, I don't have a bag full of books. I actually read the, uh, the Bob Mould biography. I think uh, the Bob- memoir. Yes. On a, that was my first ebook. I read that on my Ooh. iPad. I would put that in the top five rock books of all. That's time. a good one. Yeah. And not just because he pra- sings your praises. True. Yeah. He's like, like he's not too. He's hard on people who he has. I guess mm-hmm. he's very hard on himself. Realistic beefs with. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to like just trash to trash for no. trash sake. But you, he was just like from the get go. It was I yes, and, it, and for me that's like playing with a beetle because I was such a Who's yeah. Who Do fan when I was a kid and yeah. Did um, but I sent him some actual information about you. To, so I <laughs> this you guy think, is not what he, is not yeah. what he seems. I think he's a great guy. What do you think of this? Would a great guy do this? <laughs> and he wrote back as well. I have yeah. to. He had to recall the book. Yes. All right, John. Oh. I'm well, sorry. No, I gotta put a plug for this documentary. This is one of my. This is this is amazing. Which one? American Harmony. Have we talked about this? Is that about um, barbershop quartet? Yes. Is that good? I think that's on my. Queue. It's so good. Really? Yes. And um, yeah, it's a genre I knew nothing about. A kind of music I, I loathe, but it's it's amazing. I love it. Did you see the um, a band called Death? You must have yes. seen that one. That's a Loved really it. good. One. That yep. one like got me emotional. Very. Wasn't expecting that. No. And we both like the Rush documentary. Yes. Beyond the Lighted that Stage. Was, that was fucking fantastic. Yes. Like, I was never, I'm not a Rush fan. Me but either. I can watch something about someone. That was, but you end up loving those guys. Yes. And the, I think it's a bonus. It's like a, a an extra on it where they, they go to dinner. Did you watch that? Yeah, that's on there. Yeah. And they're hilarious. Yeah. Alex Lifeson, one of the funniest people yeah. I've ever yeah, so you would think they would be, if any band was not going to be funny. Not funny at all. You would be like, I, I bet yeah. Rush is very funny. Yeah. Very funny. I think that's probably what keeps them together, too. And the millions. And it seems like the reason why I should join the band. I think you should. How cool would that be if they added a fourth member yeah. after all these years? Yeah. Comedian Todd Berry. <laughs> Here he is. Second drummer. Second drummer. All right, John. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Todd. All right, everyone. Merry Christmas. If you're listening to this on Christmas, because it was released on Christmas, that was John Worcester. I think that was a fun one, right? I have some upcoming shows. The 10th through 12th of January, I'll be in Los Angeles doing shows for the Riot Fest. January 17th and 18th, I'll be in Sacramento at the Comedy Spot. This is a small place, and tickets are moving like crazy. So check those out, or check them out, or buy the tickets. February 6th, 7th, and 8th, I'll be in San Francisco at Sketchfest. 27th, 28th, and then March 1st, I'll be at Foxwoods, comics at Foxwoods in Connecticut. March 7th and 8th, 
I will be at Gilda's Fest Comedy Festival in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Check me out. Go to toddberry.com, at toddberry on, uh, what is it, Twitter? Yeah, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Okay. And don't forget about Feral Audio, who puts this whole thing on. F-E-R-A-L-A-U-D-I-O.com. They have a lot of good podcasts by a lot of good people. So check them out. Thanks. Bye. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.